Our precious Heavenly Father, we thank You for the opportunity that You give us as the body of Christ. Lord, to join together, to sense that others are worshiping along with us, even if they are in different places than we are at this very moment. Father, I pray that this morning your Holy Spirit would speak to us, that he would move among us. We thank you that we can worship together. We thank you that we can sense and feel the very presence of God, that we can rely on the promises of your word today. So, Father, I pray as we open your word, I pray, Lord, for those that are struggling with this idea of everything being so up in the air and unknown in our culture, in our society today. And I pray, Lord, that, that you would bring a sense of peace. And as we look into your word, I pray that we will wholeheartedly dive into the very promises of God. And Lord, I pray that there will be joy in our hearts today. We thank you and we praise you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, good morning. It's great to be with you this morning. We're starting a brand new sermon series here at Silver Creek. We're so glad that you've chosen to participate this morning and join us for Church Online. If you'd like to access the notes, you can do that through our website, silvercreekchurch.org, and you can check out the area that says Messages, and that will lead you to those notes. If you find those helpful, we like to provide those for you. Let me start with a few questions today, and the first question that I'd like to ask is this. What do you not know right now about what is happening in our society that you would like to ultimately have the answer for? What is it that you wish you ultimately knew? I've got a few questions that I'd like to just throw out as some examples of what that might be because I hear people sharing with me many of the questions that I'm about to share with you. The first one is this, will schools even remain open after the first couple of weeks? Something that many of us are thinking of. How about this? How long will we be required to social distance? How long will we be required to wear a face mask? How about this one? When will a vaccine be developed? And here's one that even goes beyond that by asking the question, when it's developed, will it really be safe? Should I really trust in taking that vaccine? There's so many questions that we have. We wonder, when will the violence in our communities around the country cease to, to happen on a sometimes nightly basis? What will our new normal really look like? And ultimately, when will, for what has been for many, a nightmare be over? Why do we want answers to questions like this? Why do we feel the need to know those things? 
I believe it's because it's very natural for us to long for security. And there are too many things that are unknown right now. This morning, as I share this first message in our series, I want to do so using Psalm 23. And Psalm 23 is written not from the perspective of a shepherd, but the perspective of a sheep. And there's something that we know about sheep, and that is that sheep don't know where they're going, and they don't know why they're going there. They just know they're being led there. Let me share just a brief amount of of perspective and history about David that I think really makes an impact on this psalm that he's written in Psalm 23. The first one is this, that David was born the youngest of eight sons. Can you imagine reaching for the last piece of chicken in David's family if you were the youngest? I don't think he would even dare. David was a shepherd for his father. And he tells us in uh, the Old Testament that he literally had to fend off attacks from both lions and bears as they were literally attempting to drag sheep away from his flock. When David was still a young teenager, he fought a nine-foot giant named Goliath. Goliath wanted to literally feed David's flesh to the birds of the air and the beasts of the field. After Goliath was defeated, David joined Saul's army. He worked for Saul in the palace. And throughout David's time with Saul, Saul tried to kill David 11 times. Imagine the stress. Imagine the uncertainty. He was even went into exile while evading King Saul. The Bible tells us that throughout David's military career and his leadership of the people of Israel, that he was involved in eight or nine major military campaigns. Even his own son Absalom brought a military force against him to attempt to kill him. My point in sharing these details is simply this, that David's future was very uncertain, very unknown. Let's look at Psalm 23, and with that context in mind, let's read beginning at verse number one. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows." Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I'd like us to break down this 23rd Psalm based on the idea that the future is unknown. 
Let me start with this. Number one, if God is my shepherd, I believe David was saying this, if God is my shepherd, there's literally nothing else that I need. As long as he's my shepherd, there's, there's nothing that I'm going to need, nothing else that I'm going to want. That is the number one thing. And as long as that is taken care of, everything else is going to fall into place where it needs to be. Let's look at what Paul said in Philippians chapter 4, beginning at verse 11. He says, I am not saying this because I am in need. For I have learned to be content, whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I've learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all this through Him who gives me strength. I believe that Paul and David are both expressing total contentment with God as their shepherd. You see, sheep are notorious for wandering off in search of greener pastures. What David is saying and what Paul is saying is that they have learned to be content with God as their shepherd and that with God as their shepherd, nothing else will matter. Early on in the pandemic, we faced shortages. We faced the fear of not having enough. I can still remember going into the store and seeing people move very methodically, very quickly towards certain areas of the store where there were items that were in short supply. People were afraid of the unknown and so they began to stockpile things Paul and David are both expressing that as long as God is my shepherd everything else is going to be okay even when the future is unknown the fact that God is my shepherd is that number one thing secondly he'll give me everything I need to be at rest Sheep are what is called ruminants in the animal world. It means they have four chambers in their stomach. They chew their cud while they're at rest, while they're laying down. You will see a sheep that's not taking a bite of food, and yet that sheep will be chewing. It's because those, those uh, chambers in the stomach regurgitate that food back up so that the, the animal can chew it and then swallow it again. But you see, sheep are interesting animals. They, they will not rest. They will not lie down until they feel satisfied, until they've had enough food, until they've had enough water, until they, they feel that they're being protected. They're safe from predators. They're safe from being uh, even, even bullied by other sheep, which is something that's very common as they establish a pecking order. But they've got to feel that way before they're going to be able to rest. And it was the shepherd that provides the safety, that provides the, the uh, satisfying of their needs. 
And what David is saying is that everything that I need to find restfulness, I find in God who is my shepherd. You know, rest is so important in our lives. I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm pretty, I'm pretty uh, disciplined about what time I go to bed and what time I get up. And I always make sure that I'm trying to go to bed at a time that's going to allow me to get the rest that I need. I've told you before that I love commercials. And there's one commercial that I've seen an awful lot of times. And it's a, a commercial by a guy named Mike Lindell, the My Pillow guy. And Mike guarantees that you will have the best night sleep of your life and all you need is a my pillow now i'll be honest with you my wife bought me one and and they're okay but the best night of sleep in my life i'm not sure but but he says i guarantee it if you use the my pillow and of course if you use the giza dream sheets and if you use the my pillow mattress topper you're going to have the best night sleep of your life. That's what will produce restfulness in your life. Now, I realize that that's just marketing, but let's look at what Jesus says in Matthew chapter 11 because Jesus says something about rest here that I think applies to you and I. Beginning at verse 28, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. In order for you and I to get the restfulness in our spirit that we need, it's not about the pillow that we use, it's not about the sheets that we put on the bed, it's not about the mattress topper. When we don't know what tomorrow is going to bring, when we are unsure of the future, when the future seems unknown and uncertain to us, it may be difficult for us to be able to rest. But Jesus promises us that when we come to him, that we will find the rest that we need. Number three, when I get turned upside down, David said, God is going to right me. You say, well, what does that mean? Well, when sheep lay down, once they feel like their, their needs have been met, they feel like they're, they're at peace, they're able to lay down and rest. And, and it's well known that sometimes they, they lose their center of gravity. It, it doesn't, they're not, they, they lose their balance and they go all the way over onto their back and they become what is called cast. Now, this is an accident. It doesn't happen on purpose, but they're unable to get up under their own power. And because they have the kind of stomach that they do, the gases in their stomach will build up very quickly, <clears throat> and that animal could die within a few hours if they are not found and helped. So the shepherd or the farmer has to stand over the sheep, and he grabs 
a couple of handfuls of wool and he turns the sheep uh, over onto its stomach so it's right side up and then he grabs that wool and he pulls so that sheep is able to get its feet underneath them. And they keep them there and they assist them for several minutes. And at the end of that time, in general, if they've reached them early enough, that sheep is going to get uh, be able to, to be fully uh, healthy and restored and will be just fine. What David is saying is that in life, we can get upended and we're not able to right ourselves. And David understood that he needed the good shepherd ultimately to come alongside of him, to grab him, and to help him up. The word that I would like to use is the word restoration. And I believe that that is something that you and I need today. Let's look at 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 10 where Peter says this, And the God of all grace, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, after you have suffered a little while, will himself restore you and make you strong, firm, and steadfast. When we're facing the unknown, it feels like we don't know which end is up. And we're really in a place where we feel like we're unable to really get our balance and we're able to stand and we're able to feel steady because of all that's happening around us. What we need is God to come alongside of us and to right us, to steady us, to lift us up, to help us stand because we are struggling with the sense of this unknown future around us. Let's look at number four. It says, he knows the way. What that means is David is saying he's guiding us along the right way or the right path. If you've ever used Google Maps or any other uh, mapping um, app on your phone while you're driving, it's really different to drive using that app than it is driving somewhere where you've driven many times and you automatically know the way. I really enjoy talking on the phone while I'm driving, especially if I'm alone. And one thing that I find is if I'm using um, Google Maps and I'm talking on the phone, I can miss a turn that my, my phone and my, my watch are telling me that I need to make because I get distracted. But if I've gone there before, I don't ever have to worry about it because I know where I'm going. Very different experience. Well, David was experienced in tending sheep. And David understood that as a shepherd, he knew the way to go, even if the sheep didn't know it. As a shepherd, David would have led his sheep time and time again. I think it's interesting that, that sheep cannot be driven. They must be led. The shepherd leads, the shepherd guides the sheep along the right course because of his experience, because of, he, of, of what he knows. In our lives, when the future is unknown, 
We wonder how can we know what way to go. We may be looking at the circumstance ahead of us and we don't know if we should go to the left. We don't know if we should go to the right. We don't know if we should go forward or just stand and stay right where we are. We need someone who knows the way. Someone who's gone before us. We need guidance. Let's look at Proverbs chapter 3, beginning at verse 5. It says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways submit to him and he will make your paths straight. That's amazing that, that God will direct our path, that God will give us guidance. Sheep are well known to be followers in fact, there are documented cases of sheep that have followed one another off a cliff to their death, one after the other after the other, because they follow. Well, the Lord knows the right path. As sheep, we do not know the right path. But I want you to know that God is there and he will guide us in those right paths. He will lead us where he desires us to go. Number five, his presence keeps fear away. I remember when our kids were young, especially the older two, and I can remember some of the first times that ever happened, but at night we would have uh, tucked them into bed and all of a sudden they show up in our bedroom and they would ask for one of my t-shirts and I would ask my wife, honey, why are they asking for one of my t-shirts? I would ask the kids the same question and I, I never really got a straight answer and eventually my wife told me they're asking for those t-shirts because they smell like you. And I thought to myself, but it's a clean t-shirt. And I think I even mentioned it to my wife and she said, yeah, it's a clean t-shirt, but it still smells to them like you. When they were afraid, that presence of that t-shirt would make them feel like dad was with them and that they were safe, that they were in a place where everything was going to be okay. Deuteronomy chapter 31 in verse 6 says this, Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. The absence of fear in our lives is the presence of peace. It's the presence of God that dwells with us. Jesus told his listeners, my sheep know my voice. They hear it and they follow me. Why? Because it makes them feel safe when they're with the shepherd. In Romans chapter 8, verses 38 and 39, I want you to, to get this. I, I love these verses and how it applies. But Paul writes this, For I am convinced that neither death nor life, nor angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God 
that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Do you know that the unknown future cannot separate you from God? And God's presence that is here, God's presence that lives within us, that dwells in us, it brings peace. It literally drives away the fear of the unknown. And I think it's important for you and I to understand that today as we face all that is unknown regarding the future. We, and, and if you're like me, I have wondered and wondered and wondered what is going to happen next. And it never, it never turns out the way I think it's going to turn out in the next few days. It happens in a different way. We do not need to be afraid. Number six, David here, I believe, is telling us that God's word speaks comfort into our lives. David says, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Well, a rod and a staff, those were tools of the trade that the shepherd would use. He would use them to bring correction on the animals. He would use them to defend the animals. He would use them to examine the animals. He would use them to rescue the animals. And I believe that what David was doing is he was comparing or likening those tools that the shepherd would use to the very scriptures that God had given him. In Psalm 119, verse 52, the psalmist writes this, I remember, Lord, your ancient laws, and I find comfort in them. This morning in my devotions, I was reading in the book of Isaiah. And right there in the book of Isaiah, as I was reading today, I came across the words that where God says that I will give you perfect peace if your mind is stayed on me, if your mind is steadfast in me. So today, in the midst of, of all that's going on in this world, I sit down with the Word of God for my daily time in the Scripture, and that Scripture just jumps out at me that God promises me His peace if my mind will remain steadfast on Him. His Word brought so much encouragement to me this morning and that is available for you and I on a regular basis even in the midst of this unknown future we have comfort through the word of God number seven as long as I stay by you you protect me look at Psalm chapter 5 with me in verse 11 but let all who take refuge in you be glad let them ever sing for joy. Spread your protection over them that those who love your name may rejoice in you. I love what the psalmist says. Spread your protection over them. As a shepherd, it was very common for David to take a, a mixture of oil and spices and to pour it over the heads of his sheep. 
and to, to literally rub it in and to, to work it into their, their fur and their wool and their face and their nose and their eyes and their ears because there was a, a fly known as a bot fly that would attempt to lay eggs in, in the end of their noses and those larvae, once those eggs hatched, would literally drive those sheep crazy. And so those sheep would, would, be, would be really um, irritated by the presence of those flies. And so as we think about it, the presence of God, which of course we know that oil refers to the presence of God and to the presence of his Holy Spirit, that will fend off the little irritations in life. When you're standing out on the end of your driveway talking to your neighbor and it's in the evening and all of a sudden the bugs come out, do you ever notice how we were always swatting those mosquitoes or, or those black flies or those noceums? We're, we're always we're, we're distracted with those little irritations because we don't want to, to get mosquito bites or we don't want to, uh, to have to go through that stuff. But God desires to spread his protection over us so that those irritations and those distractions can fade into the background. He wants to, to put his, his protection over us even during these times and especially during these times of the unknown and I want you to know this morning, if you say, well, you know, I, I don't know if I'm really right with God. I've, I've strayed away from him. We're reminded in John chapter 10 that Jesus is the good shepherd. And the good shepherd leaves the 99 sheep and he goes and he looks for the one who is lost. So do not fear. Jesus, if you are away from him, is looking for you because he desires to extend and spread his protection over you. And number eight, finally, I have more than I need. It was the responsibility of the shepherd to provide food for his sheep. That's why he took them out every day to take them to new pastures. You see, sheep are notorious for destroying pasture land. If you leave them in one area too long, they will destroy it and it will be good for nothing. So typically, farmers and shepherds will rotate sheep to different places or different pastures and let them feed there for a while and then take them on to new grazing land. David is simply acknowledging God's ability to provide for him. I love how Paul says it in Philippians chapter 4, verse 19, when he says, And my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. In the face of the unknown future that we're experiencing, God is able to provide for all we need. In fact, I believe David is saying it this way, that good things will follow in my 
wake. It's not just that, that I'm going to barely get by. I believe that he's saying something even beyond that. Look at what Paul says in Romans chapter 15, verse 13. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the Holy Spirit. God doesn't want you to have the bare minimum in, in your needs being met, but he desires literally to fill you to overflowing. There will be an overflow out of our lives and others will be able to experience some of those things, some of those blessings, because they are around us due to the overflow of God's peace and God's provision in our lives. You know, none of us knows the future. And we, we have to admit, it's unknown to us. We don't have all the information. We're not going to get all the information. But I want to assure you, my friend, God knows. God knows the future that we face. I love the words of Jeremiah the prophet in chapter 29. He said, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and what? A future. The future may be unknown to you and I, but it is not unknown to God. And God's plan is to give you a hope and a future. Would you bow your heads with me? Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you, Lord, that today it encourages us, it comforts us. And Lord, I pray for those today that really have been struggling and wondering about what the future holds for them. And because it is unknown, it has produced a lot of anxiety in their hearts. Maybe that anxiety has really uh, bled over into their families and it's really created a very difficult dynamic for them. Maybe it's even affected their jobs. Father, I pray for a sense of peace. I pray that these things that David has shared with us from the perspective of being a follower, I pray that today we will take them to heart. And I pray that your Holy Spirit will do a new work in our lives as we rest in the, the fact, the reality, that God knows the future, it is not unknown to him, and he has a plan for our future. Father, we put our trust in you today. And Lord, I pray for the one that, is, that has been anxious. I pray that your spirit would flood their heart today, that they would this week look to your word for comfort, that they would experience your presence in a powerful way. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.